You're listening to the Below the Yellow Line podcast from Hello, we definitely planned this intro, most definitely, well, welcome, yeah, we just, we rocked that intro incredibly much, um, welcome to episode 11 of the show, um, recapping all things Phoenix, recapping, uh, well, there wouldn't be much to recap had, uh, had this race gone green for the final 11 laps. It looked like uh, Kyle Larson was going to ride off into the sunset. Then it looked like Kevin Harvick was going to ride off into the sunset. And then the sunset came crashing down and exploded and dumped William Byron into victory lane um, as he picks up his second win of the year, second consecutive win. And we're going to a track that last year he won at in Atlanta. He won the spring race there last year, and he has a very good chance to get a three-peat. Um, Hendrick Motorsports right now is just dicing up the competition more than Bobby Flay dices onions. That was a perfect analogy. Um, as a professional cook, basically, Emily, you definitely got that. Um, so, yeah, there's there's just no, no stop in HMS right now, which, you know, shocker, that's never, ever happened before. Um... And not much happened in this race, to be honest, until the final 50, 60 laps. Um, the new aero package made it a bit better. Phoenix isn't the best track to test something new at, though, because Phoenix is a racetrack that exists. That's all it is. That's all it ever will be. That's all it ever has been. Um, the only Very sad. Well, yeah. The only memorable Phoenix moments are because of the history and not because of the fantastic race. I mean, there's one photo finish there that I can really think of, and then the rest of the moments at Phoenix are just, you know, championship implications, first wins, last wins, historic win. you know. There's not much great racing to be had out there, but I don't know, maybe the desert air just, maybe, maybe all the drivers, like, go poke the cactuses at the top of the hill, and that just drains all the... The, the racing blood out of them for the weekend. Some, I don't know what happens, but it, we go to Phoenix and the product falls flat, which is really unfortunate because, you know, it's also the side of the championship and, you know, the championship race should, you know, probably be one of your better races. I don't know. That just seems like a good business strategy to me. Um, but, oh, well. So, Emily, um, I, I guess we can do life. Again, this is advice straight from, straight from Emily's mom on how to improve the podcast. Um, so we, we only did this on our midweek show last week. I guess we might as well do it every show because I'm sure these people are very invested in our everyday lives. Anything oh, new yeah. happening? Well, you know, I'm currently chilling. I'm on vacation. Yes. Right? On it's a big sweet. luxury beach vacation sweetheart. on a yacht. Luxury beach. I'm at, uh, at, a, at a farm, you know. Yeah. Good old farm life. It's luxury to us. Um, I'm living, living the spring break life right now, which... Let's be real. It's pretty nice. It is, yeah. I've been on the farm. My spring break is in three weeks for whatever mm-hmm. reason. You know, great scheduling there. Um, mm-hmm. First week of April, which seems really late for a spring break. Um, but regardless, yeah. We should actually see you guys in person. I don't know if we can get an in-person podcast mm-hmm. or video or something done. It'd be really cool if we could, but 
Yeah. 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 I heard you had some so Popeyes on Sunday night, which seems like an interesting, okay. interesting choice. Well, first of all, they screwed up our order. Uh, I'm shocked. Popeyes no. has never done that to me ever in my entire life of ordering Popeyes. Never ever. No, and you know it's fun when you like order online and it still takes 20 minutes to get it ready. When there's nobody That's else fun. there. In no, middle of nowhere, deep no south. Case. Yeah, um, it was good. Had me a chicken tender. Um, Dipped in ketchup. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? I don't dip my chicken tenders. If I go to Cane's, I'll dip it in the Cane sauce. I don't dip my any form of chicken in anything else, though. What if you had gravy? Depends. Is it gravy? Because I feel it, like, in, at least in Oklahoma, that's a thing. Like, people, like, you go to a chicken place and you ask for a side of gravy. To dip and the chicken. And people dip their chicken in. That's yeah. fine with no, me with chicken fried chicken people. or chicken fried steak, but not tenders or nugs or a sandwich. Like, if you're, the here's the thing. The only exception is, like, our, we have a little diner that has, like, really good chicken and steak fingers. Yeah. Um, you've been there before. Yes. Um, that comes with a side of gravy, and it's, like, good homemade gravy. Most people, when they order a side of gravy, it's, like, that powdered stuff. Oh, crap, no. So it's, that's like, not okay. it's, like, not good, right? Yeah. Well, here, here's my reasoning. If a chicken tender or a chicken nugget is not good enough to where it needs sauce to be good, then that chicken tender or chicken nugget does not deserve to be in my belly. Because I have very high standards for chicken that has been fried and made ten times more unhealthy because I'm a connoisseur of unhealthy food. Um, Absolutely, because we know what's good. Exactly. We know what good eating is. Anything good for us, just good eating. Exactly. Yeah. We, um, we, we... We moved into the house, and it is actually looking like a house now because my mom is doing a ton of work. Um, and, yeah, I'm really glad it's not just, like, me and my dad moving in because this place would still be a junky mess. We'd probably leave it that way for, you know, a few years until we had to sell it or something. You um, wouldn't have moved. You wouldn't have moved from where you were. Well, that's <laughs> that true. Yeah, we wouldn't have moved. Um, we'd still yep. be living the bachelor life. Yeah. We'd, be, we'd probably still be living on at Camp Robinson, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not much is, not much is, has happened, at least for me. Just, just kind of chilling. Hope, you know, yeah. hoping to go to the, to the same farm where Emily is and hopefully, uh, you know, have a, have a chill time there, you know, as we usually do. Not much yep. exciting goes on there and that's the way we like it. Um, very, very inactive. Yeah, incredibly things. chill, incredibly inactive, incredibly unhealthy. Um, I mean, there's people that work the farm. Well, there are that. people that work. It is not just a farm that exists <laughs> solely to relax. Not everybody. There are people that have to work. Yeah. We, we are really good at keeping a couch warm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, our family are really hardworking people until we get to the farm. And then we all just turn into lazy bombs. <laughs> basically. The farm is like our vacation. Like... We are blobs here. We are. We are blobs. We're all. Well, act, I mean, you cook. You're not. A, you're. We're not all completely blobs. You do do a lot of cooking. So I cook so that we can become bigger blobs. <laughs> exactly. We're just. We're just living the blob life. We need. <laughs> we need to make some merch that says that. Like below oh, the yellow the line, life. living that blob life. Yeah. Living that blob life, list Y'all sitting. Gee, people will get that forever. Yeah. If you're listening to the, this podcast while running or doing anything productive, stop and go sit in a lazy boy recliner with some See, powdered sugar do. donuts. We would be blobs. And yeah, we we are just blobs. If you want us to further prove that we are blobs, 
we're recording a podcast while <laughs> well, sitting down, talking into a computer and into a camera, and this is what we do on a Monday night. So, Absolutely. there we go. Oh, we've been rambling about our lives for like six minutes. Now, let's actually talk NASCAR. Um, feel free to, to skip that anytime you want, but some people think it's interesting. <laughs> um, at least, I hope. Um, you know, if we were daredevil stuntmen or something, a lot more people would probably listen to that part. But we're not. We're not. We're not cut out for that life. We are blobs, and we are happy being blobs. Um, okay. So, Emily, I, I did send you the finish. Okay. Um, yeah, I watched it. Was did you? What did you think? What were you? What were you thinking that like with, with two to go and they got the green? Did you think Reddick could get there? Because he was the first guy on no. four tires. No, I didn't think he could. I felt like it was between Kyle and Byron. I really did. Kyle Larson. Um, you know, we're on a first name basis. Um, I first of all, I'm shocked neither of them crashed. Yeah, I am too. As hard as they're, especially in the turn <laughs> one on that first lap. I mean, they were like together. So I'm shocked either crashed. Um, and then I had to watch it twice, actually, because I was like, when did he pull away? Like, what what just happened here? Because all of a sudden, it went, like, he was gone. Yeah. So good for him. He, he, he figured it out. He sure did. And I that think, right there, that deserves the win. Yeah, so. I think Blaney I think Blaney took Larson too wide, and then Reddick was able to climb up to the outside of Larson. So they both passed him. Because you had Blaney finish second, Reddick uh-huh. was third, Larson faded to fourth. Um, yeah, yeah. After that, it was like he was Dunsies. Yeah, they both got around him. And, and yeah, with basically a lap to go, Byron had it. I thought if Blaney really dove into turn three, he might have a chance, but he wasn't going to do that. You know, he wasn't going to pull um, a Ross Chastain. Hail mm-hmm. Mellon. And speaking of Ross the Boss, Ross Chastain. He and Denny Hamlin had an altercation, which is absolutely shocking news to anybody who has watched NASCAR in the past year. Ross Chastain and <laughs> Denny Hamlin, they're the bestest of friends. Their kids have play dates. They have pool parties every single week. Um, and if you were wondering, yes, this is extreme levels of sarcasm. Denny went on his podcast today, and well, he said this in an interview yesterday. He said, absolutely, it was intentional um, to, to put Ross Chastain into the wall they both faded from you know they were in the top 10 at least around the top 10 all day and they finished 23rd and 24th respectively um as a, i know you're biased here as a denny fan but I, i'm <laughs> just gonna say this does denny hamlin have a right to be mad at ross chastain and put him in the wall absolutely ross chastain wrecked the man more times than he could count and he knocked him out of the championship four with a move that was stupid and glorious at the same time and speaking of moves that are kind of stupid, Denny Hamlin, dude, what do you, I mean, <laughs> I get you're, you're washing up the track, you're fading to like 15th at that point, but you just got some damage on a top five race car that you could really use the chassis and the setup notes for, for a championship four race if you make it there, which you have a really good shot to in Phoenix, or uh, in the fall. I just don't know what he's doing. I mean, that's valuable points, those valuable positions, and I get he wasn't going to get a much better finish doing that, but still, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And you also set Ross Chastain up for, you know, a little revenge. I'm just saying, I want to get your take on this, but I just, I get wanting to avenge, you know, your grievances against a guy, but you don't do it on the last lap when you have a top 10 sitting there. You do that on lap 
you know, 65 or 72 or there's something, you know, you don't do that on the last lap and ruin your race. Well, sure. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, Denny's my guy. But boy, the man can hold a grudge. He can. He can I'm just, saying. He, just can, he cannot let anything go. No. He yeah. has to be. He's got to be the last one that. Which again, so here comes probably going to come Chastain at some point, and then then he's just going to start the cycle again, like oh, and so you know he just needs to let it go at some point. Yeah, grow up. <laughs> Follow Elsa's advice. Just you know, let it go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's going to have to. He's going to have to let it go at some point. I mean, he's going to have to retire soon. You know. I mean, eventually. You know, who knows yeah, I mean, how much longer point. this thing's going to go on, but. At the same time, should Ross Chastain just stop getting near the guy because you're attracted to each other like like magnets. I mean, you're either going to wreck the guy mm-hmm. or he's going to wreck you. There is no in-between when they get together. It happened at the Clash and it happened again here. So we're going to take our first short commercial break. Somebody please sponsor us so these are less awkward. And uh, then we'll come back and talk more about Phoenix. Alrighty, so back after another incredibly long commercial break, we're turning into NASCAR on Fox. Of my life. And uh, I, I know you didn't get to hear it, Emily, but Mike Joy, he, it was really funny. I think he's wrong, but he said yesterday, I think it was with 85 to go, He go, they're going into a commercial break, they're playing the music, and he says, for all you keyboard warriors out there, this is the last full-screen commercial break under green and i laughed out loud when he said that mike joy is he's a he's a legend of nascar broadcasting um i I get that he works for fox i get that he might be frustrated by that but i i don't think calling out fans that are rightfully angry with the just perpetual amount of or uh no that's the wrong word uh the, the copious amounts of commercials you're you're putting out there They've been better since Daytona, and when the the races turn to cable, you know they'll be better because you know they have cable funding. Um, but still, I, I mean, you're a savage for that, Mike Joy. But that's you're wrong. <laughs> At the same time, um, there are way too there are still way too many commercials. I mean, there there shouldn't be. We have stage breaks. I know it's not a perfect world, but in a perfect world, we wouldn't miss a lap of of green flag racing. At least not you know, a full screen, at least do side-by-side commercials, because gosh, it's annoying when you you cut away, like, ten laps into a race, I always know, first commercials come, and it's just kind of a countdown, you know, kind of annoying, um, kind of like college basketball, where every four minutes of play, there's got to be another media timeout, um, let's actually talk more about the actual racing, uh, so Kevin Harvick had a great shot to win this race, and I mean a great shot. He was the only guy all day that could keep up with Kyle Larson and William Byron. And it wasn't like it happened right off the bat either. This was a stage three, you know, last 100 laps he started catching. I believe he started 15th and he kept working his way up, got stage points in each stage, top 10, and worked his way up to the top five. He was flying out there and then he gets to second and then on the pit stop, he gets right up to Larson, but Kyle Larson had the short run speed. Kevin Harvick had the long run speed, so Harvick drops back. No worries. He comes back up. He takes the lead from Larson with about 45 to go. You're thinking, all right, smooth sailing. He's going to get win number 10. I texted you. I said, what a win for Harvick. What a you know, what a resurgence. He's absolutely carrying Stuart Haas racing. And then Harrison Burton spun with 11 laps to go. Um, I know you didn't get to see it see it all unfold but 
I'll tell you, I thought this thing was over. Everybody thought this thing was over. The broadcast with like 20 laps to go was already lauding Kevin Harvick for his accomplishment. And, you know, to be fair, he's the best all-time at Phoenix. I mean, he's he's done stuff there that hardly anybody else has ever done anywhere else. Um, you know, he would have been the, I believe, only the fifth or fourth or fifth driver to win ten races at one track. Richard Petty did it at five tracks. Shocker. Darrell Waltrip did it at Bristol and Martinsville. Jeff Gordon did it at, uh, no, Jeff Gordon didn't do it. Jimmy Johnson did it at Dover, and then somebody else did it somewhere else. Uh, but he looked like he was going to win that 10th race rather easily, and it would have been his first win on this new configuration, if you will, of Phoenix, with the, the front stretch being moved to the back stretch and all that. Um, but he was going to get this win, if not for that spin. I mean, he was. There, you know, Larson wasn't catching him. He was pulling away three seconds ahead, just gaining a tenth or so a lap. Um, how big do you think this win would be from Kevin Harvick? How disappointed do you think he is? And do you think this really fuels him uh, for the future? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he's a great racer. And so um, he's probably going to be like, yeah, I, you know, I need to, I need to come out here and finish this, you know? Yeah. Probably feeling like he's didn't finish something this week. Yeah, and I, I that's think he's... Yeah, that's, that's mine too. And if he does, I, I didn't pick him to make the championship four. I'd be surprised if he did make it. But if they he does, look for a storybook ending. Look for that second championship in his last Cup Series race because they showed they can hang with the Hendrick boys. A lot can change. You know, it's, it's mid-March. You know, it, not even halfway through March yet. That championship race is until the first week in November. There's almost eight months for things to completely flip on its head. Um, but Kevin Harvick is is still showing that he's not to be messed with. And it's his last season. If there was ever a year to show that, you know, hey, I'm one of the best to ever do it, it's in your last season. Because what do they always say? The thing that people remember most about you is the last thing you did. If Kevin Harvick can come out here in the NASCAR Cup Series in his last season and win a race or two, be competitive in the postseason, that's what people remember him for. If he has a dud year, mm -hmm. people are going to remember him as a dud driver, which is obviously an unfair judgment. Um, over 60 wins, a cup champion. He's, you know, in my top 10, at least, the best cup series drivers all time. So I, I think you definitely have to, um, you, you have to expect that he's going to be a contender this year. And, I, you know, top 12s in the first four races, only Alex Bowman has done that so far to start the year so that is you know he's on a great trajectory i believe he's second in the points now too um so really off to a much better start than than i thought he would have what do you think this win does for william byron now, now for years people have been doubting william byron me included and i'm still not completely sold oh, I'm in that boat too. Yeah. yeah i'm still not completely sold on him being a championship for contender Yes, he wins races, but it's always early in the season. He hasn't won a race, you know, in the latter half of the season since his first win at Daytona in 2020 when he kind of had to win to make the playoffs. He's gotten better and better each year. But at some point, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to be more consistent. The first two races of the year, he finished 34th and 25th. Last year, he had a stretch where he had one top 10 in 18 weeks. You can't have that. You can't have that going into the playoffs. You can't have that and be, you know, be called the championship contender. 
So what do you think this win does for him, his confidence, especially going to a place that he won at last year in Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, he's going, he's at the top of his game right now. He's feeling good. He's like, you know what, I've already won a race. I'm locked in. I am, I'm here. I'm like, he is going to be a prominent person this season, evidently, already so much. Um, so he's feeling good, I bet. Yeah, I, I would think, I mean, two wins in a row. He's also won. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What yeah, did he, he won a stage yesterday, and I'm pretty sure he won a stage at Vegas. So that's what? One, mm-hmm. two, seven. Oh, that's I mean, 12 like playoff points. Something it's like, oh, it's Byron. Oh, it's Byron. <laughs> yeah, that's 12 playoff points in two weeks. And we'll see if Hendrick can keep up the speed. There isn't another true mile and a half until Kansas, which isn't until May 7th. But you also, you know, you have tracks like Darlington, where he was likely going to, you know, win that race or finish second until Joey Logano, you know, just basically crashed him. Um, right. You think Talladega, he's been good there. Circuit of the Americas, not that great. Um, where else are we going to? Bristol Dirt, Martinsville. He won at Martinsville last year in the spring. Bristol Dirt wasn't great there, I don't think. But there are plenty more chances for him to pick up more wins early in the season. And again, I he's a really good driver. He is a round of eight contender, but for me to think of him as a championship contender, you know, he's got to be more consistent, and he's got to win later in the season. Uh, so we're going to take our last commercial break, come back, and uh, run through results, point standings, and give our final thoughts as we head to Atlanta next. Back again after an insanely long commercial break. Let's actually run through these race results and then the playoff standings. As a Bowman fan, I'm loving these points right now. Um, and I also really liked mm. yesterday's finish for both my drivers. It wasn't They weren't great, but they were solid. Uh, William Byron does get the win. Ryan Blaney, who is my pick, finishes second. Tyler Reddick finishes third, and that 45 team needed that in the worst way. Kyle Larson, who is Emily's pick, ends up in fourth. Kevin Harvick finishes fifth. Um, Christopher Bell ends up sixth. Chase Briscoe, again, SHR. Two cars in the top seven, three of them in the top 12. That's a run that whole organization really needed. Um, Kyle Busch, despite having two pit road penalties, somehow finishes eighth. I'm still not sure how he did that. He was fifth before the final restart. So, I mean, yeah, he, I had a, he, he had a legit shot at a top five. And, you know, he, he is 0 for 2 in Xfinity races, though. So, that, to me, points as a sign of the end time. So, we'll, we'll see. Um, if you see any shooting stars next couple days, duck. Uh, Alex Bowman <laughs> ends up in ninth, only driver this year with top tens in all four races. That's like a choir serenading me every time I read that statistic. Josh Berry ends up in tenth place. How about the Berry? For that I don't have a nickname for him. Um, Josh Berry with a tenth and just his fourth Greer Cup race, just his second He's a, race. A very good racer. He. Yep, he is a very good racer. That joke made me angry in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, good run, Josh Berry. Great run. Joey Logano somehow ends up 11th with a 20th place car. Ryan Priest is 12th. Michael McDowell, the hometown. Well, he's not a kid, really. In uh, 13th, Bubba Wallace in 14th. Could have been a lot worse. They were running just outside the top 10 before his lovely pit crew lost him like 12 spots on the pit stop so that was fantastic really appreciate that guys please never do that ever again he ends up 14th though those final uh, couple cautions helped him a lot chris busher 15th austin Dillon 16th martin truex 17th a 
usually one of his better tracks, only ends up 17th. Brad Keselowski in 18th place. Um, he was up in the top 5, top 10 all day, so he needs to start finishing some of these out, but still a really good start to the year for both RFK cars. Stenhouse 19th, Allmendinger 20th, Eric Jones 21st, Daniel Suarez, he was around the top 10, top 15 all day. Aside from Bowman, he was the only driver in the first three races to have a top 10 in every race, and then that got broken. Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain, 23rd and 24th respectively. We already talked about them, but they were, you know, probably both deserve top 10s, top 15s at the least. Austin Sendrick, they're off to a really rough start this year, 25th. Corey LaJoy, 26th. Um, three top 20s to start their season. Um, but great, you know, still a solid start to the year for them. You know, yesterday was where we kind of expect him to run, and I'm, I'm proud of that team. Justin Haley, 27th. Ty Gibbs had a rough day. He had a couple speeding penalties and was also involved in a wreck. Noah Gregson was also involved in that same wreck. They finished 28th and 29th, respectively. Rough start for these rookies. Ty Dillon, 30th. Hey, his engine didn't blow up. Uh, Zane Smith, 31st. <laughs> Ty Gillen, 32nd. Eric Amarola lost an entire wheel. I said this last night on the post-race show. If you're driving any type of car, don't lose a wheel. It's not very safe. Uh, Cody Ware, 34th, Harrison Burton, 35th, BJ McLeod with a fuel pump issue, 36th. So, Emily, is there anybody near the top of the results page that you're, you were really impressed with yesterday, and there anybody near the bottom of the results page that you were a little disappointed with? I mean, all those guys at top, I mean, go Bowman. Yeah. Right. Approval. Him. Let's go. <sighs> I'm disappointed in Denny. Yeah. Again, I don't know what he was doing. Just I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I don't, I, think I don't he know knows what he was doing. Nah, he sounded angry on his podcast, though. I mean, <laughs> no ooh. way. He doesn't get angry. He does not have anger. No, never ever. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. He's he's very mellow. Yeah. Um, always chill. No. Very calm guy. Never called anybody a hack in his life because he's <laughs> not that kind of guy. No. No. no, he's better than that. He is. Speaking of the hack himself, well, he doesn't lead the playoff standings, but he does lead the regular season points. If this were the Winston Cup Series, he would be mowing down the field. Well, not really, but if this were the Winston Cup Series point standings, points format, he would be ahead by a decent margin. William Byron, Kyle Busch, Ricky Stenhouse all locked in with their wins. Alex Bowman, 73 points above the cut line. That is <laughs> chef's kiss. I don't know why I coughed there. That is a beautiful sight to see. Ross Chastain, plus 67. Kevin Harvick, plus 70. Those guys are feeling really good right now. Kyle Larson gains 42 points in one week. He is plus 56. By the way, speaking of Denny Hamlin, um, I appreciate him really for wrecking Ross Chastain because he made my fantasy <laughs> team go from, I think, like third in my Arkansas NASCAR fans fantasy league to like eighth or ninth. So really appreciate that, Denny. You will be getting some angry mm, I mail. I need to help me out with that. You will be getting some angry mail. Uh, an angry letter in your mail very soon. Christopher Bell plus 56, Denny Hamlin plus 44, Ryan Blaney plus 43, Martin Truex plus 41. That's kind of surprising. Um, I thought he'd be lower with the poor run this week. Kozlowski plus 34, Logano plus 37, Suarez plus 38, Busher plus 31. Hey, look at RFK. And Bubba Wallace plus 11. Really happy to see both my drivers in the postseason right now. Um... Austin Sindrick, I don't remember if I picked him to make the playoffs or not, but he's 17th, 11 points out. LaJoy, 18th, 13 points out. Solid start to the year for him. McDowell, uh, 16 out. Reddick, 20 out. Almendinger, 21 out. Dylan, 29 out and 22nd. Ty Gibbs, 23rd. You know, it's 
okay, I guess. 30 out. Haley, 24th, 32 out. Briscoe, 25th, 33 out. Almirola, 26th, 36 out. Priest, 27th, 38 out. Jones, 28th, 39 out. Burton, 29th. 44 out. My tongue is hurting. Uh, Todd Gellin, 30th, 46 out. Gregson, 31st, 49 out. Not going to talk about Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, Ty Dillon. They don't matter. They have no chance. Manufacturer standings. Love to see this. The Bowtie Brigade is leading. If NASCAR uh, would fix their app and uh, load this page, that would be just phantasmagorical, please. I believe... Toyota is second, 27 back, and then Ford is back. Eh, I don't care. Their app is garbage. Um, so is there anybody in the point standings that stands <laughs> out to you as really good, really solid start to the year? Anybody that you're a little disappointed with in the point standings that's outside the playoffs? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel, I don't even know. You don't know? I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised, but... I'm happy about Bowman. I know. Like, I don't understand the calculations necessarily. And I'm not sure it would help me understand any differently if I knew more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The the winner gets 40 points, and then second gets 35, and on down the line from there. If that... But it's not in five-point increments, though. No, it's in one-point increments. So, I don't understand why the winner doesn't get more. That's not fair. Yeah, well, they do get the five playoff points to help them towards that. But in the Winston Cup days, the winner would get 180. I think second got 175. And then you also got five bonus points for leading the lap, five bonus points for leading the most laps. That's why the point totals are just absolutely absurd for the Winston Cup days, especially when you had a season like like Dale Earnhardt in 1987 when he won by like 400 points or something like that. Um but yeah, if that helps, you know. Um, yeah, I, I'm impressed at Bowman. I'm also really impressed with Corey LaJoy. I know 26 isn't a great result, but he has a real chance. He nearly won there last year. I mean, at Atlanta in the mm-hmm. fall, um, solid super speedway racer. But just uh, they're a 30th place team. Like let's say that they're a 30th place race team. Spire Motorsports is mm-hmm. Corey LaJoy has talent, but he's probably around a 25th place driver. And for them to be 18th, only 13 points out of the postseason, and a win away from locking themselves into the postseason, which, hey, look at Atlanta. You know, look at Talladega, look at Daytona, look at Atlanta again. Um, so there, there are chances for them. There are four super speedway races before the playoffs left. There's one more after the playoffs for them to just get a win. But if they can stay in the top 25 in points for the rest of the season, that'd be really impressive for a small team like that. I'm really impressed with that 17. As for who I'm disappointed in, SHR is kind of turning things around. Almirola is still, eh, I mean, I don't know what he's doing. He's he's yeah. too old, honestly. He's way past his prime. <laughs> he passed his prime after 2018, if I'm being honest. Or, no, after 2020. 2020 was really solid. But um, past two years and then first four races of this year have just been really awful for Eric Almirola. Briscoe had a good run. I think he'll be all right. Priest is starting to figure things out. Kevin Harvick is, you know, going to break his back carrying that organization. But I don't know what Austin Dillon's doing. And 22nd, 29 points back, it could be a lot worse. They were running around, you know, 25th, 30th yesterday. They were lapped down. They, I think they got the lucky dog, like, twice. They had to take the wave around. They've just shown no speed, like none. I Maybe California, they were in the top 10, top 15 for a hot minute, but I, I say Kyle Busch coming over there would, would you know, 
impress or not impress just increase the morale increase everything make everything better and i'm not sure even if i picked austin dillon to be in the playoffs but i thought he'd run better than this i mean the dude just hasn't done anything and and i know it's early in the year things can change but you know austin dillon is just really not not impressing me uh at all yeah all I right agree. not impressed yeah me neither i, I, I mean i'm expect to be either who I didn't expect to be impressed. Yeah. And Kyle Busch, too. I mean, I know he got the win at California. At Daytona, he, you know, if NASCAR overtime isn't a thing, he's a Daytona 500 champion. Las Vegas, they just really didn't have speed. And, and yesterday, they were kind of saved by those last two cautions. Now, he did a great job driving that thing back up into the top 15, you know, right outside the top 10 after two penalties. But still, I mean, that the speed in that car lacking the last two weeks has me a little worried for a guy that after Fontana we thought was going to, you know, just come out mowing everybody down. I mean, I very nearly picked him the last two weeks. After Fontana, I was thinking, all right, I'm going to pick him to win Vegas, which I did. It didn't work out. And I was probably going to pick him for Phoenix if he ran top five at Vegas, but he did not. He didn't have speed. And, and I picked him for the Xfinity race. He hasn't won either of those either. So I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I think he's, you know... He'll be fine. He'll probably make the round of eight or you know, win a you know three, four more races. But that eight team needs to find a little more speed because without those cautions yesterday, they're not finishing top ten. They might finish twelfth or thirteenth, but two top tens in four races. I'm expecting a little bit more out of Kyle Busch and the eight crew. Uh, that just about does it for this episode of Below the Yellow Line. Phoenix recap. Hoping either tomorrow or Wednesday we'll have. Um, an Atlanta preview, and then Emily will be back with us for the for the for what I'm calling the Combo Show, which is a totally original name. Nobody's ever used that before. Um, where we uh, talk about the previous race and then preview the next one. Um, hopefully, we'll, maybe we might even be able to do that podcast in person, maybe get a video in person. Um, so thanks for coming on the show, Emily. Great to have you on, of as course. always. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for everybody, you know, at first for listening to us ramble um, in the first few minutes <laughs> of the show, but for watching on YouTube or listening or, you know, this is on every major podcast platform except Apple and Google. I'm going to say that, you know, probably to the day that I die because I'm too lazy to ever get around to making those available. you got to do all sorts. Get an Apple ID. I don't need an Apple ID. I'm an Android guy. Um, <laughs> well, not very loyal, I guess, but, you know, I'm all my stuff is Android, so I kind of got to be loyal. Um, go Android. Uh, but, yeah. Um, you know, it's on Spotify, uh, Stitcher. I don't even know what that is, but it's on there. It's on iHeartRadio. It's on iTunes. It's on Amazon Music, which, you know, it, we got our Alexa set up today. So if you want to, turn your Alexa up to full volume and, and blast this podcast. Let the whole neighborhood hear it. This, this deserves to be heard by, you know, the whole world. So... Uh, you know, make sure you you turn your Bluetooth up to full blast and blast below the yellow line because this content uh, truly deserves to be to be blasted. Um, yeah. So I, again, I, I say this every show. We really need for you to come up with. You know, Emily always at the end of our YouTube videos we do together. She always has a tagline that she says. We don't have one for the podcast. We really need to get one, or we need to reach out to family and friends and ask for one. Um, because it, it's it's just a really awkward in, ending, and and I'm not as good as it. I'm not as good at it as as she is. So you know, she does the let's intro. Put, let's put cornbread on that. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get corn. Maybe cornbread can can do the outro for us. That would be that'd, that'd, that'd be, be something. 
That would be cool. That that great. would be something for for some, anyone that doesn't know uh, what she's talking about. Go to the Spotter Stand YouTube channel and go to the NASCAR Ticket Office playlist and watch all twelve episodes. Um, yep. You will spend about six hours of your life in front of a computer losing brain cells, but you will get a few laughs. So. Thank you all for listening to the podcast or watching it. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, share, follow, rate, stream. You know, I don't know what to say here. Uh, thank do you it, all. Do all of the things. Do all the things. Press every single button except the nuclear launch codes. We're not ready for those yet. We'll let the aliens handle that business. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for coming on the show. Emily, we will see you later. You want to tell everybody goodbye? Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.